That's good. Not bad. Not bad at all. The Knicks pick up a big win. This was a big one. This was important for them, man. I needed this. We all did. Um, 126 to 105 over the Spurs. We're talking about it in this episode, episode 576 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Let's get into this shit, man. Let's do it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Welcome to the show, episode 576 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do some MMA. Yanks every series. Knicks every game. And MMA on occasion. We're talking New York Knicks in this one. And we're going to get into it, man. <laughs> that was weird. I was about to sneeze, cough, and yawn at the same time. Ended up doing two of them. A sneeze is going to come at some point. I know it. And laugh at the same time. That was really weird. Um, <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, God. I might have to edit that out. Um, all right. Yeah, man. It was a good win. Uh, I got energy tonight because I'm still pumped up from last night's win against the Spurs. Um Everybody was back and healthy for, for this game, both sides, because there was question on whether Devin Vassell was going to play or not. He ended up playing. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously this was a much-anticipated game because it was Wemby's debut at the Garden on ESPN, of course. We'll talk about that. Um, love that the Knicks were able to handle him and the Spurs on you know their night. The only reason this was on ESPN is because Wemby was debuting at MSG. Um, they made it all about him. And, oh, I just love the way the Knicks just handed him a beatdown, handed the Spurs a beatdown, and they made it all about the Knicks. Um, although they were still talking about Wemby after the game because, of course, they are. Um, great player, and he's going to be great. I'm just, you know, the hype is insane. Um, rightly so. A couple debuts, actually, last night. Uh, Huey Brown made his season debut on ESPN. Uh, man, this guy, one of my favorites. He's, I think, 50 years in the game now um, broadcasting. and Back with Breen last night. It's just, I love hearing him, man. I love his analysis on the game. He's a guy who has been, he's seen. He's a guy who has seen so much. 
You know, he's been around for so long in this game. He has seen so much, and he has so much knowledge about the game of basketball. I just, I always make sure to cherish every time he's in the booth. Um, just hearing him pick apart different sets in the half court and, you know, like break down the technical stuff and all the X's and O's. I love hearing what he has on his mind. Um, just seems like a hell of a guy, too. He's a New Jersey rep, too. He's a New Jersey rep. He grew up in Elizabeth, which isn't too far from where I am. Um, then he later coached in, uh, I think he coached in Cranford. I actually go to school there, so uh, obviously he's you know got history with the Knicks. He's coached um, with a few different organizations: uh, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Grizzlies. I think the Bucks. Um, yeah, the, this guy's. You want knowledge uh, on the game of hoops? You go to him. I love this guy. You know, I hope basketball fans also appreciate him because um, the guy is ninety years old now. He's again been doing this forever, so. Appreciate him while he's around. Um, and another debut, uh, the Knicks City uniform uh, debuted last night at the Garden. I like the court. Um, I, you know, wish that was the court for the um, in-season tournament. But again, I don't hate the court that we're going to get for the Cup. Um, but I love these uniforms. Um, yeah, I absolutely like them, and I'm absolutely going to be getting one of these uniforms for Christmas this year. Going to treat myself. Um, I don't know who yet. Uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of want to get a Dante one, but he hasn't. I, I need to see a little more from him, but I want to represent uh, the lone Italian-American Nick. Um, yeah, I, I love the callback to the 90s on these uniforms. You know, the color scheme looks excellent. Uh, it just makes that era pop out. You know, the orange outline with the black stripe, the panel on the sides. I love the black stripe. The orange and black combination, I'm always, I've always loved that on the Nick uniform. You know, um, it's just a good combo. The only difference between these jerseys and the uh, 90s jerseys uh, were that the black panel on the 90s jerseys kind of stretched out to the front a little bit. Um, these ones go straight down, but I love it. Um, I, I like the whole, you know, New York, New York thing. It's so nice you say it twice, and that's why they have the exaggerated drop shadow um, on the New York. You know, I, I, I know people think it's a little bit blurry. It is, but I think once the Knicks wear it more and you start seeing it over and over, you get used to it. Um, my favorite part of the jersey by far and it's not just because I'm a Yankees fan, or the pinstripes, the black pinstripes. I think that complements it so well. I think it's the perfect icing on the cake to these jerseys. Um, it just it just makes it stand out. I mean, they're they're nice and subtle. They're not too loud, but I, I think they're perfect. I don't know. I, I that's my favorite part. Just the black pinstripes with the blue base. You know, it's a little nod to the Yankees and I guess the Mets too there. So, yeah, I like them. These are probably up there. Um, maybe one, maybe my my favorite Knicks City uniforms. Um, I, you know, 
only reason I say maybe is because it's kind of a, you know, it's people don't talk about the, the cursed orange jerseys because the Knicks were so terrible in them. But I did, I, I did love the look of those. Um, and I, I will knock on wood for sure. Um, but yeah, these are up there. Let's talk about the game. Um, the Knicks win last night, 126 to 105 over the Spurs at Madison Square Garden. And uh, yeah, no, this one was not in question at all. From the start, the Knicks looked like they had it. Um, just completely waxed Wemby and the Spurs. Um, very hot start in the first quarter. They get out the gate very hot. They're holding Wemby scoreless. They're playing fast. They go on this 13-0 run to begin the game. You got RJ and Grimes clicking. They're both knocking down threes. Um, Grimes attacks the basket off DHO with RJ. You get Randall. He, f- he finds a few shots to drop, knocks down a three, finishes left out of a pick and roll. RJ knocks down another three a little later. Then you get Brunson. He starts to find it, pair of free throws, finish at the basket. He takes a charge on the other end, quickly checks in as the first guard off the bench. Um, not Hart. This is about, I don't know, four minutes and change, a little less than five minutes to go in the first Rest of the bench checks in a few minutes later alongside Randall as the first starter with the bench last night. Um, Dante and quickly knock down some jumpers. RJ checks in for Randall around the 30-second mark, and the Knicks cap off a wonderful quarter with a beautifully executed uh, pick and roll between Quickly and Hartenstein, and they're up 17 points after one. Um, second quarter, they stay hot. Some very good sequences in the period. Um, RJ to Hartenstein early on, attacking Wemby at the basket. Hartenstein finishes with the N1. Wemby airballs, I think for the second time um, early on in the second quarter. This one wasn't even close. Um, quickly gets a few more baskets to fall. The Knicks go up 21 points. Pop calls a timeout. Uh, a little later, near the end of the half, Brunson gets very hot and drills three consecutive three-pointers. Spurs start, I would say, in like the final six minutes or so. They start cutting into the deficit a bit. And at the time, it was a little worrisome because the Knicks just they like stopped playing defense. Um, there were a number of open Spurs on the perimeter and in the lanes, and the first unit seemed to have have trouble keeping up with the Spurs running the full court game. And, you know, maybe it's also because the you know, it's the Spurs and they weren't totally engaging um, the Knicks, but they were legitimately sleepwalking the final six minutes or so of the second quarter. Uh, but they still enter the half up 14 points. And then third quarter comes, and this is when they kind of put the game to bed. Um, the offense was still hot right out the gate. Excellent ball movement. RJ starts off with another three-point ball. Uh, there was another one he missed, but Brunson made a great pass from under the basket that will probably go unnoticed now because it's not on the assist category. But Brunson pulls up in the mid-range area, knocks it down, and then it's Brunson to Grimes for a three-point ball. All of a sudden, the Knicks are back up by 20 points. After commercial break, they pile it on. They go on this 9-0 run. 
um, to go up 29 points. You know, Randall's making a number of nice plays. The elbow fadeaway. He finishes off the glass. Um, and then he finds RJ in the corner for a three. Um, and then around the three seven at the three seventeen mark in the third quarter, Victor Wembanyama finally gets his first field goal to drop. He knocks down his first Madison Square Garden field goal. Um, it was a baseline jumper over Isaiah Hartenstein to shave the thirty point deficit down a few points. Um, but the Knicks, after three periods of play, are up twenty seven points. Uh, fourth quarter, there was some good back-and-forth action, but the Spurs at that point were just in way too deep of a hole. Um, they start the period going 8-for-8 uh, eight eight from the field, so they pull it within 17. Uh, Tibbs calls a timeout, but then the Spurs pull it to 14 points. Um, but Randall stops the bleeding. He knocks down a three-point shot, um, and he throws one down after he and RJ lead the break on a turnover. Puts the Knicks back up 17. Spurs didn't give up, but the Knicks didn't give in. It, it was very back and forth. Brunson takes another charge, takes a knee to the chest this time. Um, thankfully, he's okay. Uh, and then he had the iconic moment. Uh, I wouldn't say iconic, but it was pretty cool. Where he isos Wemby on the perimeter and knocks down a big-time long ranger. Um, this was like almost 30 feet out on the right elbow in his face. Um and then Randall adds to it by knocking down a fadeaway. Uh, puts in a lays in a putback after the next possession, and the Knicks are up twenty one points. At that point, Popovich empties the bench. Tibbs a little bit later, and the Knicks win once again one twenty six to one hundred five, a twenty one point victory for New York to get their second consecutive win. And we will talk about it all, pick apart certain topics. And dive into things that we will, um, you know, things that have, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. We'll dive into a whole bunch of things when we return from break. Stay with us. Be right back here on BD4. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Um, I think it's only fitting that the first thing we talk about is, and again, I hate to pile on on the kid, but how Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein made easy work of Wemby. Um, The Spurs overall were held to 105 points. Uh, Wemby, just 14 points, 4 of 14 shooting, 0 of 4 from 3. Uh, Mitch, 8-12 and 12 last night for him. Hartenstein, 13 points, a couple steals, three boards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was, you know, add a little to add a little bit of fuel to the fire, uh, entering the night, Wembenyama had made comments about Madison Square Garden not being as big as he thought it would 
Um, obviously, Knicks fans didn't take that well. Um, I didn't love it, but I, you know, whatever. It's it's part of the game. It makes it fun. Um, but you know, they call that poking the bear, and uh, Madison Square Garden certainly let, let him hear it. Uh, I think it was the third quarter, maybe towards the end of the third quarter. Um, you know, letting him hear it with the overrated chance. Uh, I, I loved it, man. I, I this that's how that's how the garden rolls. Welcome to MSG, buddy. Yeah, that's not happening over here. I don't know what you had in mind, what you thought you were gonna do with the garden last night. They made it all about you, but nope, not here. Um, the Knicks were just way too physical for for the kid, um, and he'll fill out as his career progresses. That's what they all do, you know. Giannis was a rail thin, you know. KD even filled out a little bit. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, right? They fill out. So he's not going to be a twig. He's not going to get pushed around. I think he'll be fine eventually as he grows into his body. The kid's 19 years old. Okay, he's still growing. He's a teenager. He can't even drink yet, and he won't even be able to drink next year. He's 19. Um, But the Knicks treated him like one. They treated him like a teenager. Uh, And I think the Knicks, their physical style of play is... They're the perfect matchup to defend him. Um, doing what they did to him, again, especially Mitch and Hartenstein, maybe that sets a precedent and kind of notifies the rest of the league how to scheme this kid right now. Right, Get physical, throw bodies at him, and bring help from the low man or from the weak side. I mean, how many teams did we see, how many times did we see that last night? Uh, the help defense, it was just fantastic on Wemby. You know, you had Randall come from behind him for the steal on the left wing. Uh, you had the possession where Wemby was in post up on Hartenstein. Uh, this was a bit later in the game. Quickly's the low man in the dunker spot um, on the ball side. And as soon as Wemby picks up his dribble and tries to get the ball to the weak side corner, quickly comes up to the second level and he picks him. Uh, that leads to that fast break with Ian Hartenstein. Um, Hartenstein, I think, picked up a steal on him. Uh, in one-on-one, both Hartenstein and Mitch locked him up pretty well. He, the kid never got a break, right? I mean, 48 minutes of rim protection, that's been Tibbs's mantra. They've been a staple since Tibbs has taken over. Uh, that center position has been a staple for the Knicks. You know, Mitch and Taj, Mitch and Noel, now it's Mitch and Iheart. You know, that's that's not an empty mantra. There is definitely truth to that. If there's one thing Tibbs has brought to the Knicks, it's rim protection for sure. Um, yeah. Hartenstein held his own, even on the perimeter and one-on-one. You know, he was in the mid-range a lot with him, and offensively, he went at him. He immediately attacked him off the dribble in this game. Right when he checks in, he, you know, in pick and roll, rolls to the rim, gets the pocket pass from quick, and, you know, finishes with a little drop step. <laughs> He scored 50, uh, 13 points in his 15 minutes in this game, so he gave the Knicks some offense. Uh, Mitch was doing his damn thing as well. Right? You could tell from the opening tip that this was a game Mitchell Robinson wanted to make a statement. Uh, he's made some comments on Wemby, too, calling him like a mixture of KP and Bull Bull, uh, saying, you know, it's nothing new, I can handle this, something along those lines, and he did. Uh, battling on the glass, grabbing those 50-50 balls, and boxing him out, pushing him out of position, dunking a few times with him down there. And 
Uh, I saw the stat on social media last night saying that Wemby was 0 for 6 when he was guarded by Mitchell Robinson. So, nothing new. Mitch has been doing this all year, and it's starting to become an average game for him. You know, it, it doesn't make as much noise because we're so used to it. Um, but this was against Wemby at MSG on ESPN. And so I'm hoping now the rest of the league, you know, the media, NBA fans, they start realizing how effective this kid is and how legitimate Mitchell Robinson's chances are at winning a Defensive Player of the Year award. Because um, I think as long as he stays healthy, gives you 70 games or very close to that, I think he's got a chance to win the thing. Um, a very good chance. It's just going to be about can he play 70 games. Um, or I think the... Uh, wasn't there, there, isn't there like a rule now? I want to say it's 65 games. But if he could play enough to qualify, I think he's getting it. It's crazy how much he's grown and how much we've seen him grown. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little later with quickly too, but with Mitch too. You know, he used to be the one getting pushed around, right? He used to be the one getting pushed off his spots. Now he's bigger, right? He's got more muscle. He's able to box out, grab more rebounds. Every single year, he's upping his rebound total. His screening has improved. I mean, look at how he was screening last night with all the rescreens in there. He had a play with Brunson where he slipped the rescreen into a pick and roll. He also had a play late in the first half where he rescreened for quickly rolled. You know, he's, he's more mature now, way more disciplined. It's just there's so much more consistency in his plan. You know, he used to just be an athlete. He was somebody who had the athletic gift, but he was just awkwardly running around. You know, now he's a basketball player with an IQ. He's a ball player. Um, He's fouling way less, realizing he doesn't have to block every single shot. His hands are straight up. His stance is improved. He's mastered drop coverage. He can guard the perimeter without jumping. We saw that on Kawhi the other night. Now He's a switchable big. He might not be as agile as Jericho is when he's guarding the perimeter, but that's pretty impressive to be able to defend it at all three levels, essentially, if you're Mitchell Robinson. Um, so he continues to just do wonders for the Knicks and you know he had five offensive rebounds last night and when I looked at that I was like oh yeah and I just like scroll right past it and now I'm thinking about that it's like wow that's insane like that's become an underwhelming statistic for Mitch to not get more than five offensive boards um that's how incredible he's been for them so far he's I, I still think he's I mean it's interchangeable one and two with him and RJ but he's played every game that might give him the edge as the best Nick so far this year. I mean, I really feel like he's, oh my gosh, he's so important. He's been so important. Um, the second unit played well last night, and I want to talk about them. Um, these guys hustle. Like, they're 100% all the time, 48 minutes a game. These guys on the bench unit, they hustle. You know, Hartenstein's got that hustle down low. He's physical. He's got a motor. Hart and DiVincenzo, you obviously know, will hustle. They're, they're Nova guys. 
Quickly's everywhere at once, always paying attention. These guys play incredibly hard. Um, I, I love the way our guards have been running offense with Hartenstein in the middle. You can see the chemistry those guys all have together. Uh, even when RJ's with the bench unit, you know, it's RJ and Quickly especially. Their chemistry with Isaiah Hartenstein is, you can see how effective it is. Um, it's a quicker game when the bench comes in. Faster decisions. A lot of movement on the perimeter. There's a lot more running with those guards, you know, a lot of up-tempo ball. Um, oh, God. <laughs> There's a voice crack. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're running the offense through Hartenstein in the half court, and that's been leading to some great results with those guys in the second unit, man. You know, they're, they're of course, using him as a playmaker. We, we've seen that. But also as a screener, you know, a lot of DHO up top at the key with, with Hartenstein, the way he's able to shift his body. Um, as a roller, yeah, we, we saw him scoring more last night on the roll. Um, there are a few uh, a few sequences last night where Hartenstein gave the Knicks some offense that they might be able to get some more. He's giving them more offense this year. Uh, you know, there was that pick and roll we mentioned in the first quarter between he and Quickly. Quickly makes the pocket pass between Wemby and Trey Jones. Hartenstein finishes. Second quarter, there was another possession. Uh, this time... RJ curls and Hartenstein fakes DHO with him. Uh, there's another possession in the second quarter where you had a very similar pocket pass into a pick and roll, but this time it came from RJ to Hartenstein. Mid second quarter, Hartenstein comes up to IQ on the baseline to clear the paint. Quickly then drives, passes to a cutting DiVincenzo, who of course misses the layup because it's what he does. Uh, but Hartenstein cleans it up. And it's simple little things like that that you may not catch on first instance. But if you're a nerd and you pay close attention and you watch film like I do sometimes, a lot, um, you'll see that without Hartenstein clearing the paint there coming up to the level, there's no spacing for quickly to drive or for Dante to make that cut middle. So you got a lot of instances, right? Obviously, you got in the third quarter, after quickly picks Wemby, he hits Hartenstein as the trailer on the fast break. Um, and there are a few other times throughout the night in the half court where RJ and quickly were hooking him up. Um, and, and even Dante plays well with those guys as, as well. I mean, it was a quiet night for him last night, one of six, but I think he's going to work very well with Isaiah Hartenstein in that bench unit because. Steven Chenzo is a great cutter, right? He's got a lot of off-ball activity. And Hartenstein's obviously a, a very good passer. He's really good at finding cutters from the high post. So I think that's the perfect complement. Um, they actually ran a two-man action together last night from the left wing. Uh, the shot didn't fall, but they've got good chemistry as well. You know, the, the process is always there between the two. You, you don't want to leave Dante out because... The second unit as well. I mean, even Hart. Like, Hart, for the matter, again, he, he wasn't crazy good last night, but he's he's obviously going to help more in the fast break with his rebounding and his ability to jump uh, jump the passing lanes like he does. And, and, you know, maybe this is a reason with how fast the Knicks play and how versatile the second unit is. Maybe that's a reason to be a little less pessimistic about 
the lack of size on the bench, you know, because they can outrun certain teams. They can play good defense. They rebound and they can run. They won their last two games because of how well they've played in transition. So maybe that's something to keep an eye on. Maybe we shouldn't be as concerned as we are with the size. We'll see as the season goes along. You know, at the end of the day, we are in 2023. So it's more of a modern small ball positionless era. So we'll see. Um, It's definitely optimistic seeing what the bench is doing these last two nights. Um, Just all around basketball. Uh, and Emmanuel quickly has been a big part of it. And that's why I'm handing Emmanuel quickly a game ball last night off the bench. Bing bang. Yeah. Quick was great last night. 19 points, 47% from the field, five assists, no turnovers and a steal. Um, first of all, like we were saying how, Mitch's development has been a pleasure to watch, you know, him grow up before our eyes. How much quickly he's improved at the first two levels is amazing to me. Because I remember his rookie season, three, four years ago, whenever it was, this was a kid who used to be floater or bust as soon as he got inside the three-point line. Now he's added an elbow jumper in the mid-range. He loves that hop jumper. You know, he, he's got a nice layup package to go with it, too. He had the blow-by finish on Branham in the second quarter. Uh, he had the give-and-go with Mitch where he finished high off the glass. He had another one with with, with Mitch where he, he finished a little too high off the glass, and it looked like, looked like it was like a lob off the glass to Mitch, but it wasn't. Um, but he's done a really nice job of developing an inside game, a mid-range, an actual layup package, and... He still uses the floater, and he's got the three-point shot. You know, he's done a very nice job adding versatility offensively. Um, really nice to see him continue to run, pick, and roll as well as he does. You know, with Mitch, with with Hart, it's extremely effective. The way he he's able to snake in and out of them and find open pockets, it's such a methodical style. You know, maybe he's learned that from Brunson. You know, maybe that's maybe that's how he's learned to knock down the mid range with with Brunson here. Um, but yeah, I mean the Knicks quickly they were attacking Wemby and drop last night. You know, Wemby could play the drop because he's like Mitch got the length, but quickly was making him pay for it with the mid range game. Um, his passing last night was excellent. You know, not only the pocket pass that he was using in pick and roll, but he was finding some cutters. One possession where he used his shoulder to escape the corner. Uh, and then he hit DiVincenzo, who slid over from the weak side wing to the corner three. Uh, the one to RJ off the ball as well was nice. Uh, rewarding Hartenstein in transition there. And he had another swing-swing to Randall on the perimeter. Um, so, four game balls now for Emmanuel Quickly. He has four bing-bong game balls th- this season. Tied for the lead with somebody who... We'll get to a little later in the show uh, from the starting unit. Um, And hey, 19 against the Spurs. Maybe last night was an audition. You know, the Spurs with all their cap space and their point guard situation right now. They've got Sohan, 
kind of running a point forward Draymond Green type of role for them. Um, so maybe they're looking for a point guard with their cap space in the offseason and quickly trying to get paid. And uh, this, you know, <laughs> it helped. Um, and I want to talk about the minutes distribution uh, in a little bit when it comes to quickly because uh, I kind of want to bunch that in a different category. Um, Grimes. Uh, we'll talk about Grimes because, I, you know, I want to say something about Quentin Grimes here. So, you know, with the offseason noise about him and J.J. Redick working together and trying to get him featured in, in half-court offense more, you know, the last couple episodes I've kind of been saying it's it's probably not going to be what we think. Um, in fact, what you saw last night, that's probably going to be your average Quentin Grimes night. And he was good, too. He was good. You know, but people, I feel like people are expecting him to be a star. People are expecting him to just start dropping 18 to 20 points per game. Even 15, I feel, is a little unrealistic. Um, not that he doesn't have the talent to. Maybe, maybe not. But I think it's just the pecking order. Right, it's it's RJ, it's Randall, it's Brunson, it's quickly, and and obviously in that not that not in that order. Um, I, I do think he could, of course, become more aggressive and, and work on that. We we've spoken on that, and you know there are just too many mouths to feed on this team, you know. But I think what you saw last night is what you're going to get more times than not. Okay, you're not going to get a bunch of twenty four point games. You're not going to get a bunch of four-point games. Um, I think more times than not, you're going to see eight points, three of five shooting, two of four on the arc. That's what you got last night. Low volume, but high efficiency. And if he plays like the way I think he can play, I think that's across a full season, eight to 12 points a night on 40% three-point shooting. I think that's what he's going to give you. And I think we have to accept that, um, especially with, with what he's asked to do on a nightly basis. Knock down threes, but also guard the toughest wing on the other end. You know, and, and I think I think the Knicks will figure it out. Um, I, I liked how he played and the way the Knicks featured him last night. He He just looked very aggressive out the gate. Um, you didn't really see any pump fakes off of a catch. You know, he also had that one three-pointer where he didn't hesitate to rise up. I think Zach Collins, who's a much larger defender, um, much larger player than Grimes, he was closing out on him, but Grimes rose up and he took the shot. That's something we obviously need to see more because um, he's got the quick release, right? We, we've seen in the past, even against Milwaukee, where he has a guy like Lillard on him, who's way smaller than him, a guy he can handle, but he passes off, right? He doesn't really take advantage of it, um, doesn't exploit it. I I like how the Knicks, again, featured him early, but I like that they fed him looks in transition to get easier baskets. The defense isn't always set when you hit him on the break, so he's got way more of an open three-point look, which is obviously what he's more comfortable with. Um so the defense is still trying to get set. You hit him on the break, and he was he was using that to his advantage last night. I think at least two times where the Knicks found him for three on the break there. Um, so 
while we just talked about quickly, while we just covered Grimes, this is where I want to start talking about the minutes distribution and Tom Thibodeau. Talk a little bit about that as soon as we return from our second break here on the show of episode 576. Stay with us. We'll be right back in a few seconds. If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. The Knicks wax Wemby and the Spurs at the Garden. So, Tibbs did a great job last night. I I like the game that he coached. Uh, I like the plan on Wemby, as we've said. I liked having the Knicks push the pace like they did. Um, I loved how it looked out there. Let me rephrase it. I loved how it looked like they were trying to make a more conscious effort to get Mitch some reps. Um, at least in the first half, you know, you had quickly running pick and roll with him. Randall running some pick and roll with him. Grimes was even running some pick and roll with Mitch. Uh, of course, RJ. Mitch had four field goal attempts in the first half. Didn't have any in the second half, but he did finish the game with six free throw attempts. Um, and people, you know, they, they forget sometimes, you know, while, while the Knicks and Tibbs and Brunson needs to do a better job of finding Mitch, Mitch could be averaging 10 points or more right now if he simply knocked down a little bit of his free throws, you know. But because he's a 50% shooter at the line and not a 65% shooter, which I think anybody would sign up for, he's not giving you 10 points or more. Um, but I liked the the game that Tibbs coached. The The only complaints that I'll – not, not complaints right now, but things I'd do differently um, – you know, one one of Tom Thibodeau's bigger flaws is that he sticks with guys too long, to a fault sometimes, and, and not adjusting, right? Um, and we knew this would be a conversation this year, right? I mean, in all of our off-season episodes, we, we've had a couple of them, but in all of our preseason episodes and even some of the episodes early on this season, the guard rotation, right? We've, we've said that since there's a logjam there, there will be... Criticism, when it's fair, when it's not fair, on Tibbs's substitution patterns and his minutes distribution regarding the guard rotation. Well, Grimes started this game very well. Uh, he knocked down shots throughout the game in rhythm. Only had 19 minutes. You know, while again, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, who've been very off and on this year, both of them, continue to get more run than him, um, especially Hart. You know, with, with Quickly, he has by far been the best Nick off the bench. Arguably, he's been their third most consistent player to start the season, right? You could say that. RJ, Mitch, and then Quick. But we're seeing a ton of Josh Hart right now. And I get it. Tom wants size. Like the other night in Milwaukee, the fourth quarter, I, I get that one. But I do wish sometimes Tom Thibodeau would go away from just matchups and stick within the flow of the game with what is working right now. 
right? And it's not like quickly is a dud out there defensively either. You lose size, but he's a great defensive player. In, in the point of attack, off the ball as a helper, he can rebound well for his size. I just feel like he should be seen 30 minutes out there with as impactful as he's been, you know, getting this team where they are. Um, so that's my only complaint after this game is um, I wish they were a little higher up those two in the pecking order in terms of minutes, you know, um, especially quickly. You know, uh, like we said, Grimes is, is going to have a tough time getting touches. We get that. But quickly, they're really uh, as your best as you're sick, I mean, the guy was so close to winning six man of the year last year. I feel like he needs to be getting 30 minutes. Um, but that's neither here or there. The next one last night, I'm not going to make it a big conversation. We'll save that for a night where Tibbs is getting hammered by everybody else too. And we'll talk about it. Um, RJ Barrett, I'm handing him the other game ball. RJ Barrett. Bing bang. He was excellent, um, and he continues to be excellent. Last night for RJ, 26 points, uh, 47% from the floor, six assists. Um, is that the right line I have on the screen? I think it is, but he had 26, not 24. Um, six assists, no turnovers, and a steal. Um, yeah, he, look, there's not much to say that we haven't already. You know, he's given you a lot. Softer touch at the basket this year. That's one thing I'm noticing. Very methodical drives to get there. Using his physicality and his size to draw contact. He's knocking down his foul shots. There were some mixed results at the rim last night, but the Spurs do have a ton of length, obviously. Um, The shot, the jump shot, the mechanics, the shot looks smoother. It looks a lot smoother. I don't know if it's because it's going in or maybe it's going in because it's much smoother. Uh, To me, the follow-through looks better. It's a nice and easy catch-and-shoot release on the wings. He looks good, man. It was another fantastic effort, and I'm just, again, we, we said everything, but I'm just praying, I really am, please maintain this. I really want this to be the year five jump from R.J. Barrett. I really, man, it would be so huge. His confidence is sky high right now. You know, with some of the plays he's making on his drives and some of the shots he's taking, you can tell he's got confidence. We're seeing the more, uh, more of the mid range attempts, you know, not always dropping, but we're seeing them off the dribble. But how about the one that told me that RJ was feeling it and he has confidence was in the first quarter last night, that one three pointer he took. I mean, you want to see confidence, confidence, how about a one-on-three fast break, three spurs in front of you, no Nick under the rim, no Nick even past the timeline. RJ pulls up for a transition three off the dribble and gets the bounce, gets the shooter's touch. Um, that's telling me that's a guy who's playing with a ton of swagger, a ton of confidence right now. And, um, yeah, I hope it's legitimate. I hope it's real because if the Knicks want to take a bigger leap, R.J. Barrett taking that year five leap is key. That next step for him could be the next step for the Knicks in a playoff series. You never know. Um, 
he looks excellent. His process is is what's excellent right now. You know, it's driving baseline with a purpose, finding the weak side if the drive's not there, the finish. Um, a lot of hockey assists in there too that don't go on the stat sheets. You know, the blinders seem to be off. He's he, he he's reading the game. He's picking his spots more effectively. He's seeing the court, reading the defense. He looks very good. Um, I think I actually think that three point shooting is going to tail off a bit. That's probably going to go down. He's not a forty percent shooter on his threes, but I think with how good his process has been inside the arc on his drives, that his two point numbers might actually see an increase. Um. I think that's what you're going to see increase. I think the passing is a reason he's been so efficient. It's been so nice to see from him. Again, six assists, zero turnovers. That's excellent. Made a nice drive and kick to Grimes last night. He got Randall going. He hit up Mitch. Playing well with the second unit. Him and quickly passing. I mean, he's got great chemistry with a lot of guys. Um... It would just be great to see, again, it's not everything, but it would be really nice to see next to his name four or five assists per game. You know? Um, it's going to help with the shooting percentages the more he passes and you know, when he's supposed to trust the pass. Um, of course, again, assists are not everything. They're not close to being everything because it's just the decision-making right now from R.J. Barrett. That's what's opening up other opportunities for the Knicks. It's how he's reading the floor. It's the patience, the cadence when he's going off the dribble, the tempo that he's got. You could see, you know, he just looks so much more comfortable. Uh, and, and I hope it's legit, man. Um, I'm not buying it yet, but I hope it's legit. Um, he he He's playing well off the ball, too, last night. You know, that one play, I think we mentioned it a couple times already, but quickly picks up his dribble, gets trapped near the low block. RJ curls from the strong side corner, cuts into space, and receives the pass from quick, finishes with the floater. You know, you saw a little bit of off-ball activity in the Clippers game from RJ as well. So, um, the defense, shout out to him for continuing to play some defense. That's not being talked about, but it's it's looking good. Um, you know, some issues in the past have been his engagement, but he looks engaged off the ball. He's not ball watching as much, which was a problem for him. Um, he also usually has trouble navigating screens, and while he's not been perfect there, there's definitely been improvement. Uh, the pick and roll defense looks fine, and his rotations to me have been great. He's communicating. He's picking up his teammates, too. If they miss an assignment while helping, RJ's there to rotate up. Um, again, I'm not buying in yet. That might be pessimistic of me. I don't think so. It's six games, guys. I, I, I would like to see this for at least a month before I confirm um, that he's taken a leap. You know, I, I, I'm encouraged, though. I am encouraged, and I'm slowly gaining more confidence what tells me that maybe this could be a jump is that he looked like this in the playoffs last year too, right? He looked like this in the summer with Team Canada. And we brought this up before about RJ. What's different this year is he knows where he is in the pecking order now, 
right? Not like in his first four years heading into each one of those seasons, he didn't know what number option he'd be. Am I going to be one, two, three? Am I going to be pushed to four? This year he knows I'm the number three guy. Maybe that's helping him. Um, and, you know, fun little stat that I saw last night after the game on Twitter. The Knicks are 4-2 and two with RJ in the lineup this year. They're 0-2 without him. Uh, that one actually makes a ton of sense because we did see how much we missed RJ in those two losses. His size, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but his floor spacing, uh, we actually missed a lot too. Um, but it makes you think, you know, could the Knicks be 6-2 and two without with, with RJ, with the healthy RJ for all eight of these games, maybe they're six and two, um, maybe they're five and three, uh, but yeah, there's a good case to be made that they could definitely have at least one or two more wins had he been healthy for those games. But um, looks great, and I just I, again for the 18th time, I hope this is legitimate, but I'm not sure yet. Um, how about the bounce back from Jalen Brunson? Jalen Brunson, it was a nice game from him. I wouldn't call it a great game. But it was a nice bounce back from him. 25 points, 6 assists, 5 of 8 from the 3. He got red hot from 3 at one point where I, where I think he hit 3 straight. I think we said that, right? Um, he was on fire from there. He had the one in the second half, like I said, where he took Wemby and Iso, shot in his face. Um, loved the 3-point ball. I actually thought he passed very well last night. He had three assists before he had a single point. He had two assists before he took a single shot. Uh, some great point guard moments. Like there was one possession. His head was up on the break. He's on the left side wing. Grimes is on the right wing. He hits Grimes for a three. There was another where RJ's on the elbow three. Wemby's on RJ, but Wemby cheats, kind of cheats in to deter Brunson's drive. Brunson reads it and makes the kick to RJ on the elbow. Same thing happened with Keldon Johnson cheating off of Randall. That led to a, to an open three from Randall. Brunson kicks to him. So I thought he made quick reads on the defense, made quick passes. The second he saw the defense collapse, he kicked. Um, you know, were there moments where he looked a, a bit disconnected from the offense and looked off Mitchell Robinson a little too much? Yeah. And that's something I think we're going to keep seeing, but maybe not talk about as much once he starts knocking down shots consistently. Uh, but overall in this game, I thought he trusted the pass a lot more than usual. Um, now he's been knocking down the three point shot. We mentioned that and he's been great this year from three as a whole. The three pointer was actually my concern heading into the season. Not so much the accuracy, but his ability to remain that accurate on a higher volume. I didn't know if that was going to be sustainable, but he's 43% on 6.1 attempts this year. Last year, he was 42% on 4.7 attempts. So <laughs> it's, it's at the first two levels right now where Brunson continues to struggle. Um, the mid range game at the basket, the floater still not there. And it's a little bit concerning that we're eight games in now. We're eight games in. And he still can't find it from there. Um, it's a little concerning to me. I, it's, I, I would have hoped that he found it by now. But at the same time, what helps keep me grinded is 
inside the arc, this is where he's historically made his living during the course of his career. That's been his bread and butter. It's where he's been so successful in the past. Uh, you can go dig into his numbers. We're going to dig into them right now. But his two-point percentage is over 50% every single year of his career. And if you dive deeper into the numbers, in his rookie year, 38% mid-range, 65% at the basket. Second year, 47% mid-range, 62% at the basket. Third year, 51% mid-range, 71% at the basket. Year four, 47% mid-range, 67% at the basket. And then last season with the Knicks, 47% mid-range, 59% at the basket. So, five consecutive years there where he's been pretty good in the mid-range and pretty good at the basket for a guy of his size. So, that right there helps me believe that this might just be a slow start and that eventually law of averages will come into play. You know, and he's also getting you his spots. So it's not like he's having trouble getting open looks. The open looks are there. They're just not falling. So at that point, it could just be unlucky missing. Um, but again, there is some concern with him, you know, having all that success in Dallas, Texas, not really catching a bunch of people's attention. And then he comes to New York City, plays in Madison Square Garden, gets all this media attention now, attention around the league. The scouting reports are out. The defenses are making it tough. We'll see. Um, I still, you know, again, slight concern, not worried, not full out worried, not panicking, none of that. Just want to see it soon. Um, Took two more charges last night, by the way. So his defense, as we discussed last show, continues to be a bright spot early on. Um, he leads the league with eight charges drawn. So he's got eight charges in eight games. Uh, that's awesome. That's what you do. You're a smaller guy. You're not going to be the greatest defender because of that. Find ways to make impact. And that's what he's done. Um, so Brunson's been good. Um, Randall strung together two good games now. 23-16-5 last night. Um, like, like Brunson, he was 8 of 19. Two straight games where... Randall looks like he's much closer to the guy from last year versus the guy from two years ago. Um, yeah, rebounding, pushing the pace uh, grab, uh, after rebounds and transition. In the half court, doing his thing by working the inside-out game, getting to the basket, downhill, drawing contact, but also taking some mid-range and some three-point ball. Playing more of that 4-5 pick-and-roll with Mitch last night. Tibbs is kind of making that a staple of their offense, and I don't hate it at all. Um, you know, get the drop defender backtracking. That's what that's what we want. Um, he had some mixed results at the basket last night, forced some shots over bigger defenders. Uh, that one awkward-looking mid-range where he faded away when he picked up his dribble. But all in all, he, he got his points, he got his whistles, and He's just got to start knocking down those free throws because, my God, with as much as he gets to the line, you can't have him shooting 60-something percent. Um, but I think it's I think it's safe to say that Randall's going to make a return. I think he's back. I, again, in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to bitch and moan, but Randall's a good regular season player. 
you know, it's it's later on. Um, it's it's the defense that we sometimes bitch about. It's it's the shot selection that we sometimes bitch about. But at the end of the day, he is going to help you in the regular season. So I, I think he's back. Um, and that's it, really. Uh, we'll, we'll give our final thoughts. Uh, talk about what's up, what, what's to come next when we return from break. Here on BD4 episode 576, stay with us. We'll be right back. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to BD4 episode 576. Sorry. Get off your phone, Rob. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. The Knicks win 126-105. Um, they moved to 4-4. Four and four. So it was a much-needed blowout win. They did what they had to do. Again, quieted down the Wemby shit for a night. Not happening in the Garden. Uh, they needed some rhythm. They got it. Two straight, pretty easy wins. Back to 500. So let's start from there, and now let's get this season going. You know, I think I said in the preseason, if the Knicks are 5-5 five and five in the first 10 games, considering their schedule, the opponents, you know, all the back-to-backs, that, you know, I, I not love it, but I live with it. I think my prediction was 6-4. and four. Um, So that would mean four straight. Uh, but, you know, 5-5, five and five, I, I'll live with it. It's it's not good, but it's not terrible. Um considering the schedule it's you know thanks silver but no the hornets are next you got to take care of them uh and it's that's not until sunday which is interesting they've got four days off four days of rest uh it's a matinee game at the garden so i don't love that you know four days of rest and then you're playing a matinee at msg i feel like that's always a sleepy game for the knicks um and you have this, I think you have the Celtics right after that for, for the second of the back to back. The entire ne- the entire week next week is a little busy for the Knicks. They've got five games in seven days, four of them on the road. In uh, the final game of next week is in Charlotte uh, at six p.m. So no excuses though. You know they're men. They're they're pro athletes. I think it's absolutely ridiculous how soft people get when they mentioned back-to-backs and load management. Uh, some of you guys sound like little beta males who've never played competitive sports in your lives. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and blame Silver for the Knicks losing games if they do next week. Everybody in the NBA goes through this. They're all going to have stretches where they've got heavy workload. Be fortunate that the Knicks' heavy workload is early in the season where they've got their legs. Um, but... I digress. For now, it's the Charlotte Hornets coming up on Sunday afternoon at the Garden. That's the focus. So, you're the better team. 
play like it and go win. So it's um that's it. That's it. I think we've covered everything that we've needed to cover that we needed to cover. And uh, episode 576 is in the books. With that, let's wrap it up with our trivia and then we'll end it there. All right. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to our trivia for episode 576 here. Our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is, who were the three Knicks to win Rookie of the Year? Who were the three Knicks to win Rookie of the Year? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. And if you if you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. But that's it. For episode 576, who were the three Knicks to win Rookie of the Year? Guys, I will see you in the next show. The Knicks win. The Knicks wax Wemby and the Spurs at the Garden last night, and it felt good. Excited for the next game. It sucks that we got to wait a little bit now. Uh, it's a weird little break, but that's it. Thanks, everybody, and I'll see you the next show. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you, and we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees! And go Knicks.